This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. Honestly, won't kill anybody because I just, I see how much trouble it is. (laughs) I'm like, man, just even getting away with it's a lot of work. They take this chick to the jail. They get a corrections officer, a female corrections officer to start fucking uh, frisking or to start searching her and shit. She immediately gives it up. She's like, "Uh, there's something hidden inside me, ma'am. See, you didn't have the guts as a team leader to lose a team member. I did. (laughs) Winning's what matters. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. Okay, so I'm from the South. I've lived here my entire life, and growing up, there were just certain things that went along with that. Every adult male I knew growing up worked construction, listened to Hank Jr. or George Strait on cassette, drove a truck, and when the weekend came, they were ready to blow off some steam. So every Friday or Saturday, or both, my dad would have a few friends and some of my family members, like my uncles over, and they would drink cheap beer or liquor, like Bud Light or some liquor in a plastic bottle. In the backyard, we'd get that familiar smell of oregano that weed gives off, and I would get nervous. Because this was the 80s, and they had that this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs commercial with the egg cracking in the pan, and every other news story was about the war on drugs. And I was just terrified. I thought everybody was out there killing themselves on drugs, but when I would bring it up to my mom, she'd say, oh, just don't worry about that, Shane. That's grown-up stuff. You don't need to worry about that. And back then, this was code for me. I knew exactly what this was. This was basically, don't argue with me, shut your mouth, and just accept what's happening. And for years, this worked to keep me in line until the grown-up stuff became my problem. I was around 10 years old, and my mom was working that day, so that meant Dad was in charge. And he packed me and my little 4-year-old brother up into his 1972 Chrysler, and we set off on a trip that day. Now, when you think of a 1972 Chrysler, that car is about as big as a small boat. And we'd gone to the gas station, and as we're leaving the parking lot for the gas station, my dad says, we got to make one more stop, boys, and then we're going to go home. Now, back then, when we went to the gas station, Dad always got me and my little brother a drink, a snack, and a pack of baseball, football, or pro wrestling cards. And that way, we'd spend the rest of the trip shutting our mouth and drinking our drinks and eating our candy bar or whatever and looking at our cards. So I'm lost in thought, looking over at the WCW cards that I'd gotten, looking at Sting and Ric Flair and stuff like that. When my dad takes a left down a road that I'd never gone down before across from my brother's elementary school. Now, I've never gone here, so I have no idea what to expect, but I'm busy with my cards. I mean, when me and my little brother would look at these cards, we'd get lost, and I'd start being like, no, man, my cards are better than yours. Or he'd be like, hey, can I trade you for that one card I don't have? And when all of a sudden I hear my little brother say, where are we at, Daddy? Nowhere, boy. We just got to grab something, then we're going to go home. So I finally lift my head out of the clouds and look around at where I'm at, and it was like we were in a different part of the world. Like the left-hand turn we took was a portal to another time and place. The quiet little town of Villa Rica that I lived in with one street light and two restaurants had been erased, and what was replaced with it was one of the hardest, most rough-and-tumble ghetto neighborhoods I had ever seen up to that point. There's broken down cars in the street, broken down cars in, in the yards of the apartments, busted ass street lights, and there's a lot of guys standing spaced apart under street lights. It was like a whole other world that existed down this road right across the street from my little brother's elementary school. 
So my dad wheels his big-ass 72 Chrysler under one of those streetlights when one of the scariest people I'd ever seen to this point races up to our car. It's a young guy, young to me now, but he was like 23 or 24. He runs up wearing a dirty t-shirt and jeans with a fanny pack on. It wasn't how he looked, but how he acted that really kind of just weirded me out. As he gets to my dad's window, he's talking about 180 miles an hour. And as my dad rolls down the window, I hear him halfway through saying, What do you need? What do you need? My dad says something like a quarter or a dime or something like that. But he's asking him what the prices are. How much you charge? What's, what's, what's going for? And I'm 10, so I'm not really paying attention to what dad's saying because something caught my eye. Something that was silvery metal with a black handle, and it was tucked in the guy's belt behind my dad. See, I was sitting in the back seat right behind my dad, so my dad couldn't see behind this guy. And my little brother is in the front seat right next to my dad. Not sitting in a car seat, might I add. I mean, parenting the 80s was amazing. So my dad can't see it from where he's sitting, but as he's talking price with the amateur pharmacist, the kid is grabbing at this revolver sticking out of his belt. And my dad's getting a little bit heated with the guy. I ain't paying that much for this bullshit. Who the hell you think I am? I'm down here all the time, damn it. I'm Smitty. And the whole time, the dude's grabbing at this gun behind him, getting more and more heated. That's the price. That's the price you wanted or not. I don't even know, man. You could be a cop. And they're going back and forth. My dad, the family man, in a 1972 Chrysler with two kids under the age of 12 and the local dealer who seems like he's high on meth or something are arguing over prices and whether my dad is a cop or not. And throughout this whole thing, I'm in the backseat trying to keep my cool, hoping my dad's going to speed off and we're going to return to our quiet little single-wide trailer while they're arguing back and forth. But finally, my dad says... Fine, fine. I got my boys with me. I'm just going to go ahead and pay you and get the hell out of here. And as he says it, he shoves some cash into the kid's hands. And then the kid hands him back a bag. And as fast as it had started, this nightmare after school special was over. The kid hands my dad the bag and we drive off into the night in my dad's big ass boat Chrysler. And dad's acting like nothing's wrong. He acts like we'd just gone to McDonald's for Happy Meals. And as we're pulling away, I'm sitting in the back seat and I let out a big relieved sigh and just say out loud, I'm glad we're okay. My dad just pops back with, what do you mean, boy? And I explained that the kid was grabbing at a gun on the back of his belt. My dad acted like I was just being overly dramatic. But I can tell you, me and my little brother never, ever drove back to the neighborhood that became known as the crack across from the middle school ever again. Hey, guys, welcome back to a show that knows exactly who shot JR, but we're not telling. Or as we like to call it, now that I'm older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online. Go to nowthatimolder.com or also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash older. And if you give to us like our badass patrons, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Family. Potter and Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Potter and Family, you're going to find our show as well as the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast, the Possessed Radio Podcast, and the Sorry You're In My Seat Podcast. And this week on episode 181, we discuss throwing stuff in your friend's yard that you steal from the neighborhood, and then later on we get into the wildest scavenger hunt that we were ever a part of, where the only rules were, there were no rules. And then we close the show with a discussion about a drug deal that went terribly wrong. So check it out. We'll be right back. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. So anyway, um, I'm wondering, what is the weirdest thing that you've ever transported? The weirdest thing you've ever had to put in your car, the weirdest thing you've ever had to drive anywhere, the weirdest thing you've ever picked up. Does it count stuff we stole? 
whether it was illegal, whether it was probably, legal. Probably the Osborne High School concession uh, stand concession. sign. Well, it was like the main football sign for the football field. It was um, it was on the concession stand. Okay, so for any listeners who don't remember the great scavenger hunt episode back in the day when a unnamed friend of ours would came onto the show and discussed it with us, um, tell everybody how you came to possess the the stand. We, we were having a scavenger hunt, and unlike hide like a regular scavenger hunt in our group of friends, nobody goes out and hides stuff. We just go out and rip off the most ridiculous shit we can, like bowling signs. I so, thought that was going to win. Fucking so, losers. <laughs> or like, you know, sometimes me and Adam would go get airport lights from the landing field. <laughs> One time we stole buns from Shane's mom's job and left them at Shane's house. I don't remember that. We, we stole a cooler and he kept it. <laughs> well, when you're poor, if somebody gives you a cooler and you don't have one. I mean, we had it full of like gag shit we stole just to aggravate. <laughs> but they kept the cooler. We used to steal caution tape and then we'd talk, caution tape your door shut. Right. I don't remember any of that. I don't remember that ever happening. Oh, you house. were mad. You were so mad. You were blocking. That's a, that's a mental blockage right there. Wow. You should save that for your counselor. No, I don't, I don't remember any of that. It never happened. Honestly, you guys didn't do that. <laughs> Did we steal your gas cap? No, but I do remember Adam. Shut up, bitch. Um, no, you had lost a gas cap and had to get a new one. So we stole a whole bunch of other people's gas caps <laughs> and left them in your yard. <laughs> I remember Adam fucking came into my, he opened my door because I used to leave my door open and he stole the 95 off of my graduation tassel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like at the time, I you was were one so of, mad. I was one of two people who graduated from high school and I was super proud of this. And he steals it and he <laughs> tells me about it. He's like, I stole your tassel. <laughs> I have it. I was like, you fucking asshole. Why did you steal that? He's you like, because. You're such a homo. So proud of your little tassel. You had that thing on there for like eight years. <laughs> I have it on there for eight years. You moved dude. it from one car to another. No, I didn't, dude. I had it. I had it in the fucking Cherokee, and then when I got rid of the Cherokee, that was the end of the tassel. No, you had it before the Cherokee. Yeah, I'll put it in the Nova because you the moved car that it I from the Nova to the Cherokee. So and what then I said I, was true. You said cars. No, moved yes, there's two: a Nova and a Cherokee. Anyway, um, so. One night we were all sitting around, and this is before any of us had done anything ridiculous uh, as far as drinking, drugs, any of that yeah, shit. Yeah, we didn't and drink we're bored. drugs yet. We're bored as shit. We played video games. We've beaten each other. For whatever other. reason, we decided we were tired of role playing. Yeah, we, we decided <laughs> that everything else we had done as a fucking, um, as something that we did for fun was just boring Play, as shit. Uh, tackle football in front of a church with no pads. No pads whatsoever. And a big patch of kudzu that I used to push Bo into as much as possible. Did you, did any of, I, I just want to You broke ask, one kid's ribs. I hit a kid one time so hard that, um, I felt so bad when I got up and the kid weighed like, I don't know, at the time I weighed like 220. Let me just throw a side note out there for the people, for the peeps. <laughs> for the peeps. Okay. There were a lot of areas where me and Shane took a lot of shit from our friends. <laughs> and when it came time to playing tackle football out in the yard, that's when we got all our payback. <laughs> there was nobody else on the team. I mean, like some of the guys were as big, but they weren't like big and semi-athletic. No. And we, we both were into football and most of our friends were into anime. And I knew how to tackle. I was about to say, <laughs> so when you've got friends who are into like Dragon Ball Z and you're into the Atlanta Falcons, you know what the proper form is. You know to lead with your shoulder. You know to drive through the guy. And this guy caught a ball in front of me. His name was Ryan, and I'll never forget it. And he catches the ball, turns around, takes one step, and my shoulder is in his chest. And he lands on the ground and starts going, <gasps> I was like, dude, you just got the wind knocked out of him. It's fine. And he gets up. He's like, no, man, something really hurts. Something's, something's hurting over here, man. I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. <laughs> 
So anytime any of this shit went on, we we had no problem whatsoever, like tackling the shit out of each other. And we did have friends who would just lose their shit when they would get tackled. And I know everybody listening has that one time you play tackle football and there's always that one friend who's like, no, man, no, I'm not playing anymore. That was fucked up the way you hit me. No, you just got tackled. I'm going to hit you harder. Exactly. You just <laughs> suck because you got. So we're sitting around one night and we don't want to play tackle football behind the crystal in the bank park or in the bank. Uh, it was yard. either, a, it was either a bank, uh, front yard or the backyard of a crystals that was open 24 hours. I bet those people at crystal liked it when we played football there because they had something to do other than work. And that crystal was about um, the most ghetto crystal yep. you'd ever go to. We got to. mace there one night. Yeah, a few of my friends were just sitting around outside the crystal. And I was not maced one of the, the ones that got maced. I was so happy. I was actually at crystals at the time. <laughs> no, you and I had walked to the payphone that was up from the crystal. No, everybody was at the bank, and we had walked to crystal. Yeah, That's what we it was. You and me. And, I wanted um, a coat. Somebody else wanted something, and we walked up. There was a girl with us or some shit like that. And we, we get back to the crystal, and everybody's all like, oh, my God. Man. We're like, what the fuck happened? Everybody looked like their face melted off. And everybody's crying and got that, oh, God. It's just, oh, my face feels like pepper, man. Ugh. So we decide we don't want to do pa- tackle football. Don't want to play Sony PlayStation. Not PS2, not PS3, no, the first not one. PS4. The original. When it had two buttons still. And it was still had a corded controller. So we decided this night that we're going to go out and do a fucking uh, scavenger hunt. But there, the, we sit down and say, okay, here are the rules. There are no rules. <laughs> None. <laughs> so Whoever gets the most outrageous thing wins. So the most outrageous thing, the only criteria was however difficult it is to get it. You have to get it back to the apartment. Exactly. You have to get whatever it was. So if you steal something and then you have to drop it on the way, that doesn't count. No, you got you to make it all the way back. So we get into the car. We decide, cool, we're going to get into the car drive around to find the shit we can steal. So my team, I'll, I'll just run you guys through a couple of things my team found. We went to the front of the gas station. We found this like Newport cigarette sign. And at the time, the the back bumper of my Cherokee, I had backed into one of those uh, yellow pylons. So you could open the button to my Cherokee and have the back open where somebody could just kick it open real quick. People would pop out, grab the shit, throw it in the Cherokee, and then we take off. And it was perfect. They so get the concept. <laughs> we were stealing stupid shit and trying to see if we could get the worst shit. And we went and school our, stole our high school football team side off the football field. So what sort awesome. of tools did you use to get this thing off? Uh, a broken hoe. A broken hoe. A shovel. And then some uh, other, you know, the stuff they put down to stop irrigation, the like webbing that looks oh, like yeah, a fence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of that to tie it to the roof of my car. So it was longer than the car. Did you? <laughs> so did you have to get on top of the roof to get this thing off? No, I threw David. Shut up, bitch! Onto the roof. <laughs> we tried to like do it the old-fashioned way where he stepped on my hand, right? And we couldn't reach it, so I just grabbed him and tossed his ass. <laughs> uh, so you tossed him like a little doll. Yeah, and he, everything was going good. He caught himself and everything. It looked like we knew what we were doing. Oh, and Jeff, shut up, bitch! Was with us the crazy dude that wanted <laughs> dude, to kill me? The dude who shot a rocket launcher at some of his friends. Yes, on, the, on a base. the guy who got kicked out of the Marines, which says a lot. When you get kicked, at, not for like doing like sh- not trying to show up, but like trying to be too much of a Marine. <laughs> so he got dishonorably discharged, and our friends thought it would be great to invite him into the group and let him become just that, that one was, of our friends. That was your friends that made that decision, not mine. So I would just do those people by association, apparently. But. <laughs> So they, they go off. To so go. he's whole, he grabs the fence for us. He thinks he's hot shit. So and Jeff was pretty big dude. He's pretty right. Stout. So Jeff runs up, and since they're doing construction, they have a chain link fence, but it's not bolted down the ground. So Jeff runs up, puts his back to the fence, bends all the way over, grabs it, and like lifts it like Blanca would if you were playing Street Fighter. He's all like, 
blah, 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 saying some role playing shit that we didn't understand. We're like, whatever. So he, just, did, he did some shit like, huzzah! We, yeah, some, some like stupid shit. And we run, he's, and we go under his legs into the fence fast, real quick. It was, it was clean. I was pretty proud of myself. Okay. <laughs> we get up there. I throw David up there, throw him the hoe. First of all, David knocks himself out with the hoe because <laughs> the handle broke. He had it wedged right. And he was popping it loose, and the handle broke, and it slotted him right in the head, right between the nose and the eye, right on the bridge of the nose. And the first time Kenny tells this story, like, I, I hey, hear this David, in the living room. David, are you okay? David. I, I hear this in the living room of the apartment. And hey, this David. Is, this is Kenny and David's apartment, and he says, all I know is I hear like a big loud noise. Like, you know what wood sounds when it cracks. Exactly. He goes, I hear wood crack, and then I go, I hear thump. <laughs> David. David, you up there? David. And didn't it take like a minute and a half before he was like, yeah, like a couple uh, minutes later, he was fucking like, uh, <laughs> fucking goddamn, you know how David is, fucking goddamn hoe, <laughs> piece of shit wood handle, like here, here's a shovel, put a shovel up there. So instead of prying it, he kind of used it like a, like a chisel. And he just and broke all the bolts. All the bolts were old shit. We broke off a little bit of shingles and <laughs> some roofing. It's and fine. You guys just caused major damage to the construction, to the uh, concession stand at our the, high school. Fuck that school. <laughs> so then he breaks it loose. We get it. Me and him carried out like two little, <laughs> just like you would imagine. Like two video game characters two, would. Or, like, or a cartoon <laughs> character from the 40s. Like exactly. two we get to the fence. Jeff does his thing. We go, we toss the sign over the fence. Now, remember, one of the things that, that Kenny didn't mention is we had a security guard who sat in this parking lot at all times. This is waiting, the middle of the night. Well, he sat there at all hours of the night waiting to bust kids doing some shit to the and school. Just because your senior prank got busted because you're a little sissies. Well, I was also not with the most fucking... Um, <laughs> we were like a criminal element. <laughs> I was about to say, I wasn't with you and Adam at the time. I was with like three other people who don't do this shit regularly. We were and like were the like, mafia of nuisance crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call us the mafia. I would say we were more like a, um, hey, a derelict middle try school to, gang. If you were going to come in and try to bust some carts up, you were going to answer for that, son of a bitch. Those are our carts. But I, I wouldn't go as far as mafia. I would say more like a derelict middle school gang sort of shit. But yeah, we were a little bit less organized than a mafia. So you guys throw the sign over. And then the best part they is. They go back under Jeff's legs to get out. Where they're at with this sign after they've broken it off the school. They've gotten around the security guard. Yeah, we they've parked, gotten it out. We parked it at a public apartments next door. That was real close to where the fence was. So now so we had to go through some woods. Now we had to go through some woods first. Got to carry the sign through the woods. Then we had to go back because we realized it was too big to go in the car. We couldn't, we were, our plan was to put it through the back seat and Jeff and the girl that was with us, Serena, was just going to lean forward and let it be on their back. Okay. But it was going to be like hitting cars and oncoming traffic. And we, this sign was like 22 feet long. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so what's the feeling when you get this sign back to the car and you guys are like, okay, let's slide it through the window. we we'll just sit around like, it. It's not going to work. <laughs> Immediately. we were, As soon as the car and the, and the sign were in the same line of sight, <laughs> we were all immediately like, oh, full agreement of, that's oh, not going to work at all. So we went back and that's when we tore up a bunch of that, that web fencing irrigation crap the orange and black yeah that, what he's talking about mistakes that, that it has like the holes in it and shit like that and it's like the plastic to keep the soil fencing. from washing away yeah. while doing construction you know you got a stake every 20 feet and then you got the it's like the it's almost like burlap so this that plastic burlap this derelict middle school gang comes and rips up <laughs> so all we, the fucking- we rip up a couple hundred yards and then we use that we put it long ways on the car and i shit you not we had to balance it because it was longer than the car on both hands <laughs> imagine if you had two surfboards 
um, like taped together on the yeah. top of your car on the top of a two door Mustang. That's how big this thing was when they were driving it because I saw them pull up and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, know in your heart, you knew you lost as soon as you saw us. Well, nobody was around to see you guys get yours. Well, that's not our fault that you guys picked a tactically stupid spot. The, the difficulty was not part of the equation. It was too. We no, said whoever most gets- outrageous. Well, I feel as though it was very outrageous that we were able to get I the mean, cosmic bowling sign. But my my story doesn't involve the fact that that sign sat dude, in your so, apartment. Hold on, next- we, what else could we do with it? We had it. We had to take it and had it long ways. Then we ran the stuff, the the webbing, the irrigation webbing through the back door or through the back windows. <laughs> and wrapped it around the wrapped car. Wrapped it around the roof of the car. Like and he's Jeff moving. held one side down and the girl held the other side down. And don't forget that my car was having those random uh uh where with a manual car that'll stall. Oh yeah, my would car stall would randomly, randomly stall. So in the major intersection of Windy Hill and Favor Road, I'm going to take a left turn and my car dies in the middle of the <laughs> intersection <laughs> with the school sign. <laughs> on the top of the car, obviously wrote down with stuff we ripped up from a construction site. Something illegal is obviously going on. If if a cop pulled up, that, his immediate first words would have been like, the fuck are you guys this, doing? This would have been like newspaper. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys would have been busted for destruction of property. I would have been on the Marietta Daily Journal. <laughs> Might have gotten picked up by CNN for all being, we know. Being called a derelict. <laughs> so how did you get the car started after it dies? We just rigged it and prayed. <laughs> you just popped in a gear and hoped. I mean, it was it was the cl- somewhere on the clutch, so it restart, but it died like two other times on the way there too. Just not as bad of a spot. So he's due to me. Everybody the car's like, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> now we definitely would have won if you guys would all got busted and gone to jail that night. That's an automatic lose. We couldn't have that. So the the weirdest part about this is all the stuff that my team stole was able to be confined in the car. We were perfectly fine with putting everything in the car, driving back. We just knew we'd won. You guys, you guys lost because you set your own limitations. So Kenny pulls up and th- mind you, when he's <laughs> Dude, pulling up, we are marching in like a victory of tribal <laughs> warriors. Like they killed a big ass fucking stag and they've got it tied we to this thing. We got a mammoth. We're driving like the natives and we're dragging in a mammoth. So, so they drive – the best part is they have to drive through the middle of our city. And when I say drive through the middle of our city, there's not like w- roads that don't have lights on it and shit like that that they can drive down. And well, this is pure suburbia. Cops are everywhere. Cobb County cops are literally every fucking And Cobb County cops know us. But by the grace of God <laughs> – They've kicked us out of cemeteries. They've, they've – Out of behind us, middle schools. They've uh, run us off. Um, so many times. I got questioned one time by the cops with Adam when we were uh, cart bashing and shit like that. And he was like, okay, dude, here's our fucking story. Just stick to the story. They won't know anything if you don't tell them. Okay, just stick to the story. You don't know what's going on. So we had we knew how to handle cops. But if a cop pulls up on Kenny with his fucking school sign <laughs> taped to his car and, well, and not taped to his car, like two people are holding it down because there's no way to fucking tie We're taking it. it to the house to repaint it for the school because we're doing some uh, community development. At 2.30 in the morning, son? Yes. They made me do it, officer. These guys are holding me hostage. What? <laughs> David would have lost his shit on you right there. He would have made it look so real. He would have been trying to attack me. And they would totally buy my story. So anyway. He told me he'd hit me if I didn't drive this home. So anyway, they pull in and they walk in like they fucking conquered the world. And they've, they've killed a, a nice stag for everyone to eat that night. And we're like, no, dude, we got the cosmic bowling sign. There they, were cops watching they us. They had a neon banner that was like three by six feet. Ooh. It was great. Okay. We uh-huh. stole the banner in front of cops on a busy road. I still say we won. Okay? We climbed a roof. 
We went into a fenced off area guarded by a policeman, not an armed guard. So how did this idea evolve? How, when were you in the car going? They'll never have the guts to get something this big. <laughs> That's exactly how it evolved. So yeah, I'm willing to bet you guys probably all sat there going, you know, they're going to go get the cosmic rolling sign. We saw y'all doing it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys drove past us. Yeah. Because you guys were fucking to go get the cosmic bowling sign as well. We're like, no, we didn't well, want the cosmic bowling sign. Whatever. That's what you guys were there for. We decided it was too much of a risk. <laughs> well, it was a risk, but, you know. <laughs> it was a dumb move. My team, my team was a well-oiled machine, and we were able to pull it off without any risk. We were able to get out of there yeah. without the cops chasing us Y'all were reckless, and we were tactical. No, we took more risks than you guys did. We won. And you guys almost fucking killed yourself trying to, actually, David almost killed himself trying to get it. So. See, you didn't have the guts as a team leader to lose a t- team member. I did. <laughs> Winning's what matters. So. They knew what they signed up for, son. So that's the weirdest thing you've ever transported. I mean, it's up there. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that I've transported in my life. I had a roommate that, you know, sold drugs for a little while. So there was times that I would, you know, transport. Dude, that's, that's not weird. I drive with drugs in my car weekly. I have weed. Every- that's what I'm saying. That, so Daily, I have a weed cartridge and it technically is illegal, even though they have no reason to search it. But I've never once in my entire life had 82 grams of drugs inside of me. Never. Okay. So we're going to discuss the amount of drugs Kenny has inside of him coming up, but I can assure you neither of us has ever had 82 grams of practically anything inside of us. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we discuss the ins and outs of transporting drugs and some do's and don'ts. So check it out. We'll be right back. By the way, I just want to go ahead and say that we don't know how to transport drugs. We just know. Never mind. The Epic Film Guys podcast is a film comedy podcast with two best friends celebrating everything we love about going to the movies. We've got great beer, amazing guests, and quirky characters unlike anything you've ever heard before. Usually Nick makes me wait. He wants to try to give me cinema blue balls and make me wait until the night of the podcast. I will go so far as to say that I thrive on giving Justin cinema blue balls. I remember being a young man and my mother telling me I didn't have a name because I was illegitimate. I don't know what that word means. Well, I just assumed you were drinking that chocolate stout that you were going to make with the cheapest crap chocolate ice cream in a Miller Lite. I hide. I'm sitting here, and I'm hiding. I'm in the darkness. Subscribe to the Epic Film Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you at the movies. I love the smell of commerce in the morning. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? Well, now you're in luck because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon exclusive content with stuff just like this. Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. Have you ever seen Robotech? See, uh, they never aired it around us because we, we oh. live in the land of the South where math is considered anti-religious. It was more palatable to me than, than Muppet Babies, which I was disgusted by the very idea and never even watched it. I, I hate everything about the Muppet Babies except for the uh, Happy Meal toys. So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. As William Blake wrote, the catworm forgives the plow. 
But let me just quote the late, great Colonel Sanders, who said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Very Duck, very quick is a delicious talk and variety show. Squished around interviews with a side order of skits, a double heaving of characters, and hot steaming wins. Each episode, Mike and Aaron order up a new topic and serve it up to you as the Blue Plate Special du Jour. You can catch Very Duck very quick on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and blogtalkradio.com. Very Duck very quick is a member of the Astro Panda Network. Vegan friendly, MSG and GMO free. Do my best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. I've tried to get as many drugs inside of me on a party night as possible, but no, 18 no, no. grams is way more than I can. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about you just transporting it for somebody oh, else. Oh, like in a condom? Fuck that. If it's going in my body, I'm getting high. Yeah, like, like you're transporting it for a guy named Shoddy or some shit like that. <laughs> like a guy who goes by that. Like that's his real like... When you meet him, he says his name is Shoddy. Come Shoddy. No, I'm not doing 25 years in prison for uh, somebody else's profit. Well, nope. a Wisconsin woman is facing felony drug charges after police say they found 82 grams of drugs inside her vagina. See, this is what the drug war creates right here. 82 grams. What kind of drugs? Apparently, she had cocaine inside of her. Her companion. Now, this chick is 20 years old. Desiree Webster. The good stuff does look like fish scales. Arrested on June 25th in Shawano, Wisconsin, after police pulled over the 1997 Monte Carlo she was driving. That's red flag number one. Okay. You were driving a Monte Carlo. This is the car you drive if you're doing a drug deal. A Honda Acura. <laughs> you there dri- are more Honda Acuras on the road. A Honda Accord is what you mean. Yes, Acura. Uh, I was about to say, an Acura is a totally different kind of car. But if you yeah. want to do... Acuras are nice Hondas. You find yourself... <laughs> kind of like, 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 like a Lexus is a nice Toyota. First off, don't find yourself in a car that's lowered. Uh-huh. Don't find yourself in a car that has lights on the bottom of it. Nope. Don't have a car that has a radio that's nope. louder than fucking an airplane. No expired overhead. tags. Make sure that all the lights work on your don't car. Don't drive like an asshole. Don't have stickers all over your fucking car. Don't don't follow too closely. Don't speed. Don't go don't too slow. Cut people off. Don't do anything. Don't cross the gore. Don't do anything fucking stupid don't when you're obnoxious. in the car. Don't drive a 1997 Monte Carlo. And I'm going to guess that it was probably lowered or there were lights under it or something like that. Well, her companion, 39-year-old Gerald McCollum, a convicted drug dealer, was also in the car. So here's the problem. I wonder if she's on probation. You're in a Monte Carlo, a 97 <laughs> Monte Carlo, a car that's very, very old at this point, okay? And the cops see you on the road. Now, I'm going to guess that it was lowered or Gee, there was I'm, lights on it. I'm really blown it. away right now. Not what? about what you're talking about. I'm not listening to you. But the fact that she was already in the car and still had it in her vagina. Like, usually, vagina work is reserved for, like, borders. Airplanes and shit is what I was thinking. Yeah, customs. People who are regularly going to check your vagina. But this bitch went all out, man. She fucking stuffed that shit just to drive down. Well, I guess she did, was doing it in a Monte Carlo. Wouldn't it be easier just to get a rental car? I I think that if you're going to do something, first off, this is fucking stupid to have that many drugs on you at any one point, Okay. If you're the drug dealer, your your operation has obviously gone awry if you're in the car with your product while it's getting transported, okay? That's number one. Then you have uh, – you're 39 years old. You're a drug dealer in a 1997 Monte Carlo. All right. I'm, I'm going to re I'm gonna reframe it because you're right. The drug dealer went in the car. She's not the drug dealer. She wouldn't be in the car. But if I'm a drug dealer and I'm trusting you with that many grams of cocaine, that's a lot of cocaine. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's, a, that's a significant cash amount. So – 
if I'm the guy, I'm going to make sure you're in a car that's not a Monte Carlo. <laughs> well, if, when you go on through the uh, article, it says um, they got a tip that the guy who's in the car, McCullum, Gerald McCullum, is selling heroin, cocaine, marijuana, meth, and other drugs. So, number one, he wasn't just a cocaine dealer. He was a one-stop shop. He, he's, he's, a, he's a small fish in a big pond. I'm telling you, if I was the bigger fish, I would know what they were driving. Well, McCullum's M.O. was to always travel with a woman that would slide the drugs into her vagina if police stopped him. <laughs> now – I gotta say that's a good business move. If you got if you got chicks it, with you that no, are willing to, no, it's not because you're still in a Monte Carlo. <laughs> well, like you I get said, a fucking rental car, man. What the fuck? That way, if you ditch, it's not even your car. Oh. Get a minivan, okay? Yeah. Get a minivan with no stickers yeah, on we it. We used to actually do that. We because uh, John's mom used to take us around. <laughs> weed. She's like, let's take the minivan. They'll never search us. Plus, I'm old. <laughs> she was straight up be like, who's more likely to get searched, me or or y'all? <laughs> So a police dog comes up to the car because when you get pulled over to Monte Carlo, they don't just go come up and say. You know, I guarantee you, the you line. they touch the winch. The uh, they put their thumb on the on the rear brake light. <laughs> what do you mean? That's what cop, if you ever see a cop do that. I didn't saw a cop do it once. And I was insulted. What they do is as they're walking up to talk to you, they'll take and make their thumbprint real real solid on your rear brake light, your red brake light. And they do that so there's proof that the officer made contact with that vehicle. Like in case you take off and there's a wreck and both of you get wrecked out. Oh. How you get to prove that it was him that was running? So they put their thumbprint on the car. Or if you shoot him and take off. That's pretty ingenious, actually. Yeah, it's a safety maneuver. And I was like, why'd you do that? I <laughs> drug dealer's got an expired tag, man. <laughs> get away from my car. Put your thumbprints on my shit. I just washed this car. Look. I'm not even mad about that. I was just like, you really think I'm going to like shoot you or some shit? God damn. He's like, we're on Windy Hill. At 41, I was like, oh, okay. It's probably 2.30 in the morning or some shit. That was mid-afternoon. Oh, okay. My tag was expired like, so, for two years. <laughs> I bought two tags at once. That's it. <laughs> Kenny's the only friend I've ever known who's like, I'm just going to go get both my tags. What? Yeah, I have to get a tag for last year, too. It's, it's the second birthday since my tag expired. I think, honestly, if you get away with it that long, they should just let you get away with that year. You I don't go and buy your new tag. That's why I bought that tag. They were like, you can't buy. <laughs> you can't skip ahead, you, you sir. You can't buy a 2006 tag, sir, because you never bought a 2005 tag. you got to pay for both. Well, I, did, I didn't need that tag. They, they tried not to give me my 2015 or 2005 sticker, too. I, I, uh, I held up the line. I was like, <laughs> I paid $100 for that sticker. I want my goddamn sticker. So you wanted to give you wanted them to give you the old sticker? They didn't have the sticker anymore. They had to go hunt one down. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you need the fucking sticker? You didn't need it. I should be an asshole. Yeah. Well, that's that's that was kind of us and we It was a government <laughs> It was, it was us go- and our teens in our late twenties in our early twenties. It was a government building and I don't like paying taxes. So I'm a patriot. So uh, after the police dog comes up to the car when they're in the Monte Carlo and shit like that, he obviously alerts to the front seat. So they take this chick to the jail. They get a corrections officer, officer a female corrections officer, to start fucking uh, frisking or to start searching her and shit. She immediately gives it up. She's like, uh, there's something hidden inside me, ma'am. <laughs> Doesn't like this guy picked the wrong mule. Desiree Webster was not the one because immediately she was like, nope, nope, nope. It's inside me. So they uh, do our cops yesterday. They had pulled over these two guys that were heroin junkies and they had needles up their booty holes. Needles in the, Oh yeah. One of them was on, was on cat. I don't even know how that happened. Oh, the cop geez. was so mad. He was like, are you going to make me reach up in here and get You're going to take it. You're going to take it out. Oh, <laughs> that just, Oh, that fucking, that that's how bad that hurt. drug is. I've done some drugs <laughs> in my day. I have experimented, done plenty of things and I know what, what drugs do to you. And I know which drugs do what, but one drug I will not try or fuck with is heroin. 
heroin or crack. That, those are those are off the list. Crack is just like regular cocaine. It's just a distribution method. It's, it, there's no don't 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 feel like you're better than the crackheads because you only snorted. It's not how it works. How much crack have you done, Kenny? I've never uh, I've never done any crack. <laughs> exactly. None <laughs> so, of us have done crack because it's a waste of good cocaine, and I won't do it on principle. So. 82 grams of drugs. You know how big that is? That's a lot. 82 grams. Like, the size of a 60, male fist. That's a big fist, too, because think about it. An ounce is 16 grams. 82. Let's see. How big is this bottle of water? This bottle of water I'm drinking here at the podcast is not – it's 16 ounces. A pint is 16 ounces. Look at this bottle. Yeah. How many is 82 divided by 16? About roughly five. Yeah, and she had that inside of her. And you can her. check my math, motherfuckers. I'm good at math. It, and she's, it's got it inside of her. Now, they say it's not. How big is this bitch's vagina is what I'm saying? A fist? A fist of what? A fist of fucking uranium? I, <laughs> my fist does not weigh 81 grams. <laughs> I mean, it, let's look. I'm a, I'm a pretty big dude. Let's just say that it's a little bit bigger than my fist. But your fist don't weigh anywhere near 82 grams. That is a shitload of drugs compressed in one area. <laughs> if that shit had popped, oh my God. She would have she she died time probably. for three minutes and then immediately her heart would have been like, I'm out. Ripped itself out. And like, Fuck this bitch. Jumped out I'll right across the room. Y'all keep me alive. <laughs> I'll <laughs> testify. All these motherfuckers. You're um, a heart. You can't testify. You're about to die from being out in the air. Oh, shit. Um, I, I really, really think that like how when I think about the story i think what the conversation must have been like in that front seat bitch put this shit inside you <laughs> like what do you say at that point as soon as the blue lights come on because you and i have both been in a car when we've been doing something we shouldn't have when we got pulled over everybody shut up is what i was <laughs> everybody immediately says everybody shut up let me think that's the first thing you do is everybody in the car needs to shut your fucking mouth turn the radio off let's get our, our thoughts together get some bearings about us but no at no time ever have i said here Let's put 82 grams of something into somewhere else. So I'm never putting nothing up my butt, and I don't have any other options. So ain't nothing going up the exit entry. Because it what? Ain't nothing going up that exit. There is no entry. Okay. so you Exit only building there. <laughs> so if you had 82 grams of drugs with you, you wouldn't put it up your butt? No, they're going to find it anyway. They're probably not if they don't. If, if I have something up my ass, they weigh 82 grams. You, everybody on the planet will know. <laughs> Can you get out of the car, please? No, my asshole. Oh my God. He would look like, if you guys ever seen that episode of uh, South Park where Carmen eats all the treasure and then he shits it out at the end of the episode, that would be Kenny. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't be that. It would just be all, at the look of horror on my face. They, please call EMS. Please call EMS. So the breakdown wasn't just cocaine. It was 36 grams of cocaine, 14.7 grams of meth, 27.8 grams of synthetic weed, six MDMA Why are you hiding synthetic weed up your ass? That's legal. 1.26 grams of marijuana. I would have kept the gram of marijuana and the synthetic marijuana all out of the ass or out of the vagina because that would have been my cover. That's a minor... Like that satisfies the uh, Monte Carlo quotient. <laughs> that that sedates my suspicion as a cop. And then and you, you get send your, on your you know, mule. Somebody, somebody gets sent on their very merry way. You don't have the mule carry the pot either. You have the person in the passenger seat carry the pot. You got to have somebody. Somebody's going down for a minor charge. Somebody's taking one for the team here. I just or I, in Atlanta, you get a ticket for the pot. One gram is almost none. So so the chick carrying the drugs for the drug dealer gets six felony counts. 
including two counts of THC possession, possession, uh, possession with intent to deliver cocaine, possession with intent to deliver meth. She's also charged eight counts of felony bail jumping stemming from an earlier felony case. These people are winners. Okay. McCullum and Webster here. This is the system working. They they are not Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. They did not go on a fucking, uh, they, it looks like they made, they were trying to move some product. And duh, <laughs> you don't, first off, you're in the wrong vehicle to be moving any sort of product. You don't go out in a 30 year old car and decide that's going to be awesome. If you go out in a Monte Carlo and, you know, like I said, probably lowered, probably got the low profile tires and shit like that, because we've all seen these cars when they get pulled over on the street and you're like, well, I would have pulled that car over too. Now you can say it's, you know, <sighs> You can say it's profiling or whatever you want to say. No, it ain't because you're black and driving a Monte Carlo. It's because you're driving a Monte Carlo. <laughs> and typically. If, that white Monte Carlo will totally negate some white privilege right there. Bam. It, That's how powerful the Monte Carlo's draw is to a cop. I just, when I read huh. this. When I read this, this is the cops thinking, huh, you're white, but you're in a Monte Carlo. I just, every time I think about this story, I imagine that conversation in the front seat. Bitch, put this shit in your, your, your pussy it, right now. That's why no matter how many people like Tyrone here they catch. There are always going to be drugs because there are plenty of people who are renting cars. <laughs> Gerald, okay. Gerald McCollum. Gerald? No, it's Gerald. Oh, Gerald. Well, Gerald. Sounds like a name from Krypton, honestly. Yeah, like, that's weird. Like, Gerald Zorel or whatever. For, works for Zepron or something. <laughs> so this, this whole thing at the end of the day, Dude, she gets more counts people. against her than Get him. Get you a rental car because rental cars are going to be bought on based on what is the most affordable and most common, overly made car there is. That's why they're going to buy them in a rental company. So anything you get from a rental company, and I'm not talking, go, don't go to a sports car rental place and get yourself a Lambo. Go That's, get yourself a fucking minivan right, right now. Go get an Astro. <laughs> Just go get a minivan. Whatever, the, and get a rental because they're going to look plain as hell. Pop up the back seat where it's got the stowaway st- uh, stowing and shit or the uh, stowaway storage and all that shit. Not that we know. No, not that, not that we would do this. Not that, not that either of us would be involved in anything like this. I'll tell like you right this. now, I do not have the nerves. For drug transportation. I don't have the nerves to be involved in any sort of drug cell. I think I suppressed so many nerves while we were doing stuff like stealing the school sign that now as an adult, I'm all like, ah, <laughs> well, there's definitely a feeling that I have where I'm just not going to put myself in these situations. Like I watched the first 48 maybe, with maybe my I wife. Maybe I just got it out of my system. Exactly. I watched the first 48 with my wife and I'm like, you know what? I'm glad we don't find ourselves in situations where we get shot. You know, I honestly, honestly won't kill anybody because I just. I see how much trouble it is. <laughs> I'm like, man, just even getting away with it's a lot of work. You, dude, to get away with murder these days is a whole thought You are not process. worth the effort of killing you, sir. <laughs> like, I wouldn't beat somebody up. To, like, I wouldn't beat somebody in the face no. with a gun or some shit like that. Because I watch these shows where people time. do this dumb shit. And they sit for three weeks running from house to house trying to get away from whatever shit they've done. And then it's just you lose your entire life. They don't have, you know, they can't go to work and shit like that because the cops will be like, oh, well, we know where you're at. So it's just so much bullshit to go through. And to get away with murder these days, you have to be a goddamn genius. I mean, with all the DNA testing and shit like that, you'd have to be fucking covered head to toe, like have a uh, hairnet on and shit like that to make sure you don't lose any hair. You have to make sure the gun is like disassembled and like taken. I mean, not that I know how to do it, but there's things that you would have to do to be able to get away with. Where'd you learn all this stuff, Shane? Dude, I watch a lot of murder TV with my wife. A lot. I watch a lot of murder TV too. Not gonna lie. Sergeant Mason Dixon's got a 
Sergeant Caroline Mason. Um, the Mason-Dixon line was something from the Civil War. I don't know what the fuck you're talking no, about. We, we made a fighter named <laughs> – and also it was uh, Mason-Dixon from the Mason Rocky the Lion-Dixon, yeah. Yeah, that was a great boxing name. All right, I, th- I think we've gone off the rails. We're going to stop there. Mason the Lion-Dixon. Next week, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Robin need to use their heads along with their super skills to combat the mind-controlling brain machine. That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. This is about over, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming to Now That I'm Older. All life have a balance. Everything be better. <laughs>